So Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can gather here this morning and as we gather around your word, we ask that indeed it'll be a lamp to our feet. It will just guide us, lead us. And Lord, we just pray that uh, this morning you would just speak specifically to each and every one of us. You know everything about us. Uh, you know our strengths and you know our failings. Lord, you know our weaknesses. And God, I just pray that this morning, Holy Spirit, you will help us to take a step forward in our walk with you. And we just ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. How many know that when God speaks to you, it's um, pretty reasonably important for us to listen? Yeah? Yeah? Usually, listening isn't um, one of our great strengths. I mean, uh, parents, you'd know that uh, one of the biggest things in training up uh, children is to actually get them to listen to you. How many have ever had a struggle in that area with your kids? Yeah, I've got a, a grandson who can get so singularly focused on what he's doing that nothing else penetrates that brain of his. And you nearly need to get up and shake him uh, before he'll, oh, someone's saying something to me. And uh, some of you will uh, know exactly what that's like. When God speaks to us, we really need to we ne- really need to listen. If if God repeats Himself, then it's usually something incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important. Uh, some of you will remember reading in one Samuel how uh, God called out to the young boy Samuel three times called his name said Samuel and three times uh, the young boy thought it was Eli the priest calling to him and actually it was God and so Eli says well next time if you hear this voice say your servant's listening God and that's exactly what happened the fourth time God spoke to Samuel called his name, and the fourth time Samuel actually responded and said, Here I am, Lord, your servant's listening. I don't know of too many other situations in the Word of God where God says something four times to one person, but there is one other. And we read that in Joshua uh, chapter 1, because in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua hears the word of the Lord, not four times, not five times, but six times. There is no other place in the Bible that I can recall the word of God coming to one person six times. And so when God speaks something six times into a person's life, you better believe it, it's really, 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 really important. So what does he say? Six times Joshua hears the same word. In Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 and 7 and 23. In Joshua 1 verse 6 and 7 and 9, God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Uh, Joshua 1 verse 6 and 9 says, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people 
to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God knew that Joshua would never, ever take hold of the promised land, would never take hold of the promises and the things that he had for Joshua and the children of Israel unless Joshua learned to be strong and courageous. And we will never, ever take hold of all that God has for us unless we are strong and courageous as well. God doesn't waste his words. And what he said to Joshua is just as important to you and I. And the promises and the plans and the purposes that God has for each and every one of us will never, ever come to fruition unless we can learn to be strong and courageous. So this morning, I want to have a look and see what it means to be strong and courageous, why we need to be strong and courageous, and then how we can become strong and courageous. So first of all, what does it mean to be strong and courageous? Well, the inference from the Hebrew word uh, for strong is that Joshua is to take hold strongly of God's strength. In the New Testament, Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That's the promise. That's the word to us. My oldest son, when he was a baby, his first words was, Daddy. His second word was lawnmower. At um, two and a half years old, uh, I had a motorized mower and I also had a push mower. And we had a sort of a sloping drive um, that went over a 20-foot 20, uh, 20 bank. And uh, one time as I was just walking down there, I saw that my two and a half year old had reached up. He'd got the handlebars of the lawnmower. And you know how kids push um, little carts and things like that? Well, he was pushing this around, except that he went straight over the bank. And I caught him when he was hanging onto the bars of the lawnmower uh, with his feet off the ground, and the lawnmower tipped down the bank. He didn't have the strength. <laughs> I pulled him back, pulled the lawnmower back onto the asphalt, and then together we pushed that thing around for about 10 minutes and it really made us stay. It's amazing, though, how kids change. When he grew up, I couldn't get him to go near the motor If we are really strong, we need to learn to plug into and rely on God's strength. It's pushing that lawnmower with God pushing it with us. And the word courage, um, courage isn't the absence of fear. It is the ability to disregard fear and act in faith. Uh, courage is faith in action. Courage isn't a blind leap in the dark. It's not some macho attitude that says, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. That's not what courage is. Courage comes as a response to God's word to us. 
when the disciple Peter leapt out of the boat and began to walk on water, it was a considered courageous, faith-filled response to Jesus' word to him. When Jesus said, come, Peter got out of the boat. And God is saying to Joshua time and time and time again, he's saying, Joshua, take hold of my strength, and despite your weakness and despite your fears, trust me and plug into me, and together we're going to conquer the land. So why did Joshua need to be strong and courageous? I think the same reason that Joshua needed to be strong and courageous is the same reason that we need to be strong and courageous today. Firstly, Joshua needed to be strong and courageous, and we need to be strong and courageous because of past failures, past fears, and weaknesses. Forty years before the children of Israel had come to exactly the same place, had stood on the same ground and had rejected God's word towards them. Forty years ago, they saw the problems, they saw the giants, and in comparison, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. They weren't strong and courageous. They didn't trust God, so they didn't inherit God's uh, promised land, and they didn't take hold of their future. And every one apart from Joshua and Caleb, who stood at that place 40 years previously, never made it into the promised land. God knew that it was going to take courage, that it was going to take strength to face the same situation again. And we need to be strong and courageous because There are promises to possess and failures and fears cause us to turn aside. It takes real strength and courage to let go of the past hurts and bitterness and take hold of Jesus. It takes real strength and courage to forgive, to ask for forgiveness, to say, I'm sorry. It takes real strength and courage to navigate the minefield of COVID and the mandate opinions of our friends and families. And by the way, as a church leader, I've found we can't please everybody, no matter how hard we try, but it takes courage and strength to carry on. It takes real strength and courage to say, please help me. I can't get through this on my own. It takes real strength and courage to get up and get going after a fall. Or it takes real courage and strength when you've been praying for a healing and it doesn't come. About six years ago, I think it was, might have been seven years ago, I got prostate cancer. And I was believing God for a miracle. And I mean, I was believing God in the context, not only of God's promises and His Word, but on the context of seeing thousands of people over the years healed miraculously as I've laid hands on them. I remember going up to Waikato Hospital and praying for a lady who had had a massive stroke. She was on life support. It was so serious that the authorities had arranged to have her son, who was in Perimurimo Prison in Auckland, uh, under police escort, 
taken down to the hospital so he could say goodbye to his uh, mum for a last time. I remember going up there, praying for that lady, because the next day they were going to turn off all the life support. And I remember seeing her in her home five days later, completely healed, miraculously. That's the power of God. That's the things that I remember. But for me, it didn't happen. I had to go through an operation that I didn't want. And yes, I'm cancer-free. But it wasn't the way that I expected it to happen. And it takes courage and strength when what you expect to happen doesn't happen. But how many people know that God's ways are not always our ways? And it says in Isaiah that his thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as, or as far away as the east is from the west. You know, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And it takes real courage. Uh, and it can be a real confrontation to your faith when things don't go the way that you want them to go. But you can look back and you can trust God and his character. And you can think about what has happened in the past and draw strength from God who is just wanting to fill you. It takes courage to go through the storms of life. It takes courage to say, Jesus, my boat is in a storm. I hand over the control to you. That's scary. But it takes courage and strength. But I've found that you cannot live the Christian life effectively without courage or strength. This morning, there are people here this morning, and you don't consider yourselves to be strong or courageous. In fact, if you were to describe yourself, you'd probably be weak or timid. You'd say, God could never use me. Uh, you never step out for God for fear of failure or fear of your own inadequacies or weaknesses. It's interesting, I was reading about Francis of Assisi, and he was once asked how he was able to accomplish so much for God, and he replied, well, the Lord looked down from heaven and said, where can I find the weakest, littlest man on earth? Then he saw me and said, I found him. I'll work through him, and he won't be proud of it. And Francis of Assisi's cry was, Lord, Make me an instrument of thy peace, whereas hatred let me so love. You know, it takes real strength and courage to step out for Jesus. It takes strength and courage to witness for Jesus. How many know that? How many have ever had that still small voice saying, why don't you go over and pray for that person? And you think, no, nah, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> I, um, a friend of mine, a minister friend of mine, told me about a, a young woman called Jackie in his congregation who was a, a fairly new Christian, and she was shopping at the supermarket one day when she noticed a woman leaning on one of the counters, and 
obviously very sick, and Jackie felt a real impulse to stop and pray uh, with the woman, but she said, and she did what 90% of us um, would do, and said to herself, nah, she'll think I'm nuts. So anyway, uh, Jackie did her shopping, but on the way out, she saw the woman sitting down on a chair this time, and again, Jackie was impressed, go talk to her, pray with her, and she started on out the door, but she couldn't. So she resigned herself to becoming a classic fool for Jesus. <clears throat> she went over, she sat down beside the woman, took her by the hand and said, I see you look quite sick and I don't want you to think I'm imposing, but I'm a Christian. Would you mind if I prayed for you? And the woman just began to cry. She said, I've been sick for so long. So Jackie just held her hands and with her eyes open, because there was people all around, uh, she said, Lord Jesus, I'm, I know you love this lady and I know you don't want her to be sick. Just because you love her, heal her and show her how much you care. That was it. The two women exchanged telephone numbers. Jackie went home. Uh, the next day, Jackie got a phone call from the woman asking her to come around to her house. Jackie went. The woman's husband had stayed home from work to meet her. And when Jackie arrived, the woman and her husband were crying. And the woman said, when I came home, I went to bed and I slept all night. You know, I haven't slept all night for years. Previously, she slept only for short periods, had to get up, take some medication. Her husband thought she died. He came in and woke her up to see if she was okay. She said she felt great. He said, but you haven't taken your medicine. She said, I know, but I slept all night. And then she told her husband about Jackie, so he wanted to meet her. Uh, the couple knew absolutely nothing about the gospel. So Jackie explained to them how, about the love of Jesus, how they could be free from their sin, how Jesus wanted people to be well, and not just physically, but on the inside too. And they both gave their hearts to the Lord. That That's... That's a great testimony, but I wonder how many other Jackies are out there where we've walked away because of a fear of people uh, rather than allowing the love of God to shine through us. God really uses the big or the mighty or the proud. He used Gideon, a man with no self-confidence, from the lowest of the low status in society to deliver Israel. He used Moses, Jeremiah, Elisha, Amos, Ruth, Esther, every one of them, just ordinary people that did extraordinary things through God's power working through them. He used David, a shepherd boy, with courage and five stones to kill Goliath and to set Israel free, and God made him king. God chose to use a young boy with only a few loaves and a few fish to feed 5,000. And he'll use you and I if you will rely on his strength and not just show him. Uh, God uses the weak and the foolish things to confound the wise. I love what it says in Joel 3 verse 10. It says, let the weak say, I am strong. 
And we can never say that by pumping up ourselves with our own emotions. We can only say that as we surrender, as we trust in the Lord to fill us. Uh, the second reason that God knew that Joshua needed to be strong and courageous was because there are battles ahead. And it would be impossible for Joshua to inherit God's promises and win those battles if Joshua relied on his own strength. Now, Joshua was a, a, a great leader. He was a great fighter. He was a great uh, strategist. But the fact was, every time Israel relied on their own strength, it resulted in defeat. Every time they relied on God's strength, it resulted in victory. Uh, victory was easy when God was fighting for them. But there were battles. There were, there were problems. In the middle of your storm, don't give up, but learn to rely on God's strength. And when you hear the word of the Lord, be courageous. Uh, we need to learn to compare ourselves uh, with God's strength. We need to learn to compare our problems with God's strength. And that will give us great courage. It takes courage and strength to trust God and serve him and believe his word through sickness. Uh, any promise that God gives you will take courage and strength to take hold of. Uh, for Joshua, uh, in verse 6, God said, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. There are promises there. How many people have ever had a promise from God? How many people have ever uh, looked in the Word of God You've read something, and the word has just leapt up out of you, and you've thought, hey, that's for me. Yeah, I love what Bonnie said about the word. We need to get into the word, uh, because the word of God will break chains of bondage in your life and will help to set you free. When you start to believe in God's word, when you start to live in God's word, when you start to do the word of God, then God's plans and God's purposes for your life can set you free. What dreams does God want to dream through you today? What God, good works has God foreordained that you should walk in? What battle are you fighting that will take faith and courage to win? Don't settle for mediocrity. If you are living a life that does not require courage, then you're missing out on God's best. Uh, I one of the things I, I really like about Bonnie is that she's prepared to give something a go. In the office, she's doing stuff that she's never done before. And uh, when we were looking for someone for a uh, to do the takeover uh, this morning, um, I said to Bonnie, "Well, why don't you give it a go? You've never done it before. You could be great." And, of course, her first reaction is uh, the same as everybody's. No, no. But she said, okay, I'll give it a go. And I said, look, 
even if you crash and burn. I'm going to be down in the front seat, <laughs> and I'll be ready to jump up and take over if you really get stuck. Well, I'm not God. But God asks us to do stuff. And we're looking and thinking, well, God, what happens if I try that I give this a go? And what happens if I crash and burn? He's sitting on the front seat, waiting to jump up and take over and help you through your situations and your circumstances. By the way, didn't Bonnie do a good job this morning? Yeah, great. Courage is faith in action. And without faith, you can't please God. Thirdly, so how do we become strong and courageous? Okay, we've had a look and seen what it is, why we need it. Well, firstly, being strong and courageous flows out of our relationship with Jesus. Okay, Daniel 11 verse 32 says, But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Why don't you say that with me? But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. That's us. If you know God, he has planned and he has purposed for you to be strong and do exploits. So anything that builds your relationship with Jesus results in you becoming stronger. So as you get into a disciplined prayer life, uh, as you get to know the Lord, you'll get stronger. As you read God's Word, you'll get stronger. As you listen to testimonies, you'll get stronger. As you hang around um, people who build your faith up, you'll get stronger in the things of God. Paul, the apostle, in the middle of a storm at sea, when the boat was obviously going to be destroyed, was able to stand in the bow of the ship and say, Take courage, men, for I believe God. God had said to the apostle Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So what are your weak areas? You got any chains of bondage? You got any areas that are holding you back from walking into the plans and purposes of God? What is it that you would consider weak in the spiritual side of things? Well, God says, my grace is sufficient. And you know, with God's strength, you can make the decision that you're going to deal with those things. With God's strength, you can say, God, help me. I want to break free. I want to go forward with you. Courage and strength not only flow out of our relationship with Jesus, but they are fed through the word of God. Joshua 1.8 says, Keep this book of the law Always on your lips. What does that mean? It means talk about it. Say it. Meditate on it. Repeat it. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything 
written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Reading God's word makes you stronger and more courageous. Reading regularly is like putting money in the bank. It's there when you need it. We put money in our banks because we think we'll need to spend it at a different time. I've found that as you put money, as you put the Word of God into your heart, then it's there for when you need it. It's no good getting into a situation and thinking, now, what was that scripture? You put it in there, and then the Holy Spirit can bring it to mind when you need it. Uh, one of the things we did with our kids when they were younger is we took them down to Rotorua to the trout hatchery there, and they have pools there with thousands of fish in them. And so we prayed for a license for our boys, and they got taught how to cast a fly. And we knew that all they had to do was cast this fly into this pool stocked with trout, and they were going to catch a trout because the pool was stocked. Your life needs to be stocked with the Word of God so that when you face situations, when you face circumstances, when you face battles, which you will, the Holy Spirit will be able to reach into you and pull up that word and say, Hey, Don, be encouraged. Do you remember that promise I gave to you? Well, it still holds true, and I'm with you. We need that. Thirdly, we become stronger and more courageous as we learn to position ourselves to receive and totally rely on God's strength. Positioning is a lifestyle of surrender. Positioning is saying, God, I, I can't do it by myself, but I'm looking to you to work in me and to work through me. As we position ourselves, as we surrender it results in us being able to trust God and his promises. Uh, Psalm 29 verse 11 says, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Joshua 1 verse 3 says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Isaiah 40 verse 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait or those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. What great promises there are in God's word if we only take hold of them, if we'd only say, God, that's exactly what I need. If we'd only say, God, I'm the one who's tired. I'm the one who's weary. I'm the one who's weak, but God, I thank you for your strength. I thank you that you can renew me. You can cause me to rise up. You know, during this last 
year or so, this has been the most draining, draining, draining time I've ever experienced in ministry. Yet, we're here. (laughs) We're here, loving God, preaching His Word, encouraging one another, seeing miracles happen. How can that possibly be? Not through the little bit of strength that I've got, but because God has been with us. And God has strengthened us. And in any situation in life, in any circumstance, we can get through it if we're walking through it with him. David said, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. How good is that? It doesn't matter what situation that you are facing. God is with us. Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. That's someone who's that's a picture of someone who is plugging into God, whose roots go down into the streams of God. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Wow. What an amazing promise you and I can have as we are planted in the house of God with our roots going into the stream of the Holy Spirit, we can be assured that during times of difficulty, times of drought, when we have problems, when we face battles, we can continue to be fruitful because our strength doesn't come from ourselves, but our strength comes from God. Secondly, recognize that God is always with us, both his presence and his power. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. It doesn't matter what we are facing. God is with us. Learn to soak in his presence. Tap into his power. And hope and courage and strength will rise up from within. Faith is the bridge between feeling God's presence and seeing a release of God's power. And you need to experience that, not just here when we're all gathered together, but at home. You need to have a place where you can go and just soak in God. Put on some soaking music. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and just receive. Just receive. Just receive. And let it flow through you. Let it fill you up like plugging an EV into a battery. You can only run an EV for so long before it's going to go flat unless you plug it in each night and charge up your batteries. Some people here this morning are flat. Some people here this morning are thirsty and dry. And God is saying to you, hey, when are you going to make time 
to plug into me? When are you going to make time to fill yourself up with me? When are you going to make time to get alone with me? Because you can't do it once a week. You've got to learn to do it day by day by day. And because of all that, we can keep faithful to God and his plans and purposes for us. When you read in Revelation, God's letter to the seven churches of Asia Minor, all of them, it's recorded, have problems. Uh, Jesus said, difficult times will come. But God said to each one of those churches that they would inherit his promises if they would become overcomers. It takes strength and courage to be an overcomer. The great thing is, you don't have to do it alone. That's why God's planted you in this church. So that when you're going through difficult times, there will be people that can get alongside you and encourage you and build you up. That's why home groups are so important. If you're not going to one of our um, bi-weekly, um, yeah, two-weekly home groups, get involved because there you'll form relationships with people who will pray for you, who will get alongside you, who will help you. And by the way, with that in mind, um, Pastor Russell goes down to Auckland on Friday uh, for a heart operation. Okay, so if you just remember him in your prayers, uh, our intercessor team are praying for him, but uh, that would be good. Pray specifically that, one, the operation doesn't get put off, and secondly, that it will be a success. Amen? So do that. Hebrews 11 is full of people with courage who put their faith in action. This church is full of courageous men and women who, in the face of adversity, have said, God, my faith is in you. It takes strength and courage to be a Christian. Let's have the musicians. In verse 6 of Joshua chapter 1, God says to Joshua, Be strong and courageous and take hold of my promises for you. Take hold of my promises for you. There are promises that God has for each and every one of you that you need to take hold of for yourself. I can't take hold of God's promises for you. You've got to take hold of those promises for yourself. Secondly, in verse 7, God says to Joshua, Be strong and courageous. Take hold of my patterns for living. Follow God's word. Don't follow the latest soap opera. Don't follow what you're reading in the paper. Follow what God says. He will establish your patterns for living. And thirdly, in verse 9 of Joshua chapter 1, God says to Joshua, Be strong and courageous and take hold of me. Take hold of me. And that's what we need this morning. So why don't you stand with me this morning? If you need to, if you need to grow in strength and courage in your walk with the Lord, why don't you just raise your hands right now? And 
want you to say, God, Holy Spirit, breathe on your word which I have received this morning. Cause it to come alive within me. Lord, cause hope to arise in my soul. Cause strength to arise in my body and in my spirit. Cause courage to fill my heart. God, I need you. I surrender afresh to you this morning. Have your way in me, God, but have your way through me as well.